Welcome to Life and Leadership. I believe in creating community, connections, and creating space to be curious. This podcast aims to take you on a conscious journey through quality, diverse, innovative content and conversation. My hope is that we create a circle of influence, a transcendency of compassionate leadership in the world and wider universe. I have with me today, love coach, Jerrica Jack. For people who are doing midlife dating women, she's been there, got the sweatshirt and the cap. After Jessica's divorce, <laughs> she lost her home, her family, identity and dreams of what she thought the future would look like. I think you're going to be a fabulous guest, Jerrica. So dating is a skill. What are the top three skills you need for dating, Jerrica? Wow. So I got divorced at 48 and I immediately went to trying to figure out what went wrong and trying to learn more. And what I really learned is it's just so different than what we thought we were all supposed to be doing. I think that in terms of relationships and dating, people don't really think of that as a growth area or a learning area or that there might be things to know besides what you know from your girlfriends and magazines. It turns out a lot of that stuff is not true. So in terms of it being a skill, I would say the most important thing is to be open to learning and to do things differently. If you're dating in midlife, something didn't go right the first time around. And so you really want to be open-minded and more purposeful in the way you're doing things so that you're doing it differently and not just repeating the past because that's the number one thing none of us want to do is repeat the past. That's a really good point. I would add to what you've said. Our relationships have been for a reason, a season, and a lifetime. And we're living in the 21st century where we could be living to 120, 130 and living well. So, you know, the people we may want to date pre-40 may not be the people we want to date post-60. You know, I've heard it said the 60s are the new 40s. So, you know, <laughs> rethinking how we do this and having all this godlike technology, I think will take some skills for sure. And you've been a veteran of this. You've been actually <laughs> successful. Yep. You're engaged. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Woo. Just got engaged in October. And actually right now we are looking for a house together. Really exciting times. And I'd love to tell a little bit more about my story. Or uh, did you have a specific question you wanted me to dial into? Please tell your story. I'm curious. Okay. Well, I was divorced at 48 and it was, you know, very unexpected. And I actually started online dating pretty much right away. Everyone has their own timeline and I just don't really believe in rights and wrongs about that. I mean, once we're in midlife, it's really a deep dive into you and what do you want, like a journey kind of that you go on. For me, it was a journey of healing. And then part of that healing was getting back out there online dating. The good thing about online dating, now I'm kind of a cheerleader, I guess, for online dating. I know so many people really hate it, but I consider myself a bit of an online dating ninja. I do believe there's specific strategies you can use and then also specific mindsets of how you're looking at it. And that's really what's going to help in making it better. So let's get back to my story. I did online dating off and on for probably only about six months, I think, before I met my fiance. I do have my share of stories of online dates that didn't go. And we can maybe talk about some of those. But one of the things you were talking about the skills and we were talking about like how to do things differently. One of the really, really important things that I believe actually young women should be doing as well, but times 100 when we're older is to slow down 
in dating in general and in online dating and in our modern world, like everything is so fast, fast, fast. And then all these messages that we see in the movies are all about kind of just like love just happens to you accidentally and kind of immediately, right? It's like the guy moves in next door and boom, you know, he's your lifelong partner and it pretty much happens instantly. And women don't really want to go through this slow down vetting process. That's what dating is. It's a process of meeting different men, chatting with different men, vetting them to figure out which ones do you like and going from there. But slowing the whole thing down is so, so important. One of the other things I would say that I did that was very different is I was very open-minded in the way that I looked at my swiping, my online dating. Again, my thought was I need to do things differently. So that means looking at different men than who I might automatically be swiping on. And looking at online dating, I'm just throwing in like so many tips here all over, but you can hopefully uh, put them all together and use them together. But you want to see online dating as just an opportunity to meet men who you wouldn't meet in real life. You want to meet them. So the big emphasis there is you want to meet them. You're not going to discover what someone's like through texts and pictures and a couple of sentences. So I think that's one of the big mistakes that people make in online dating is they think that they quote know somebody or they kind of know who they are or whatever based on these pictures and a little bit of text and maybe the messaging back and forth. So then they get super disappointed when, oh my gosh, this guy's a total jerk. Well, you didn't know him. If you were just to pick randomly from a crowd of people that you see, nobody sees crowds anymore, but a crowd of people, let's say it's a concert a couple of years ago or something, and you were just to randomly pick somebody, you wouldn't think, oh, he's probably for me. And if he's not like my once in a lifetime love, then gosh, what a jerk. You would be more just thinking, huh, I wonder who that person is. And so that's a lot the attitude that you want to go into it with. And that's the attitude that I went into it with when I met my fiance. So I was very much just like, huh, I wonder what he's all about. So when I was swiping, I didn't think, oh my God, this guy is the love of my life. I actually couldn't even really tell what he looked like very well from his profile. I didn't see, I got a couple little facts. We messaged a little bit back and forth. I could see like, okay, he can write in complete sentences. He's not, you know, doing some perverted weird stuff. So sure, what the heck, I'll go to coffee with him slowing the whole thing down. And we as women, we tend to like, we don't want to go on a date with somebody unless we think like it's possible that this could be a relationship. Well, what happened to just meeting somebody just like, you know, what the heck might just be a 20 minute coffee date. And that's it. Or in 2021, 2020 with the pandemic, it might just be a 10 minute video date. And then you got to know them and that's it. A really good point. I really think it's a pity we can't go back to the days of writing letters you know, <laughs> and things like that. But I agree with you. I bring curiosity and a liking of people, not looking for Prince Charming. That's bound to lead to an adolescent, but a king is going to show up. You know, a mm. guy who's a king who's interested in you and bringing his real self is worth your time. And I have noticed a number of stories where successful women have met men they would never have chosen if they hadn't have got to know in them and built a friendship before a lust ship. <laughs> yeah, so tell us the story how you met your man. Okay, so I kind of told a little bit like I saw him online. I thought, eh, what the heck? We went out for coffee. 
again, it was, you know, there was no fireworks. Again, slowing things down and not having these like really elevated expectations like you just mentioned. So I thought, you know, I'd go out on another date with him. Again, it was just very trying to take some of the emotions out of it because that's another big, big mistake that we make and kind of like just big problem that we make for ourselves is making this huge roller coaster of emotions. So then when I went out on the first date with him, that's where we connected a little bit more, but still went pretty slow. So I'll give a a few more examples of the slowness. I really only saw him once a week in that beginning time, in the beginning few months, probably. I saw him once a week, and then we really did not text or message or phone call in between that. It's very much about just slowing everything down, which is actually kind of fun and flirty and sexy. It's the mystery. It's that positive tension. Like, I wonder what she's been doing all week and what is she up to and what is she all about? Leaving these thoughts in his mind to, you know, what is it all about for him to be like wondering about me? And then, of course, I'm wondering about him as well, but slowing it down. I think it was like our third date where sparks really started to fly. And I still at that point did not stop swiping on other men. You know, it was, we'd only been on like three dates and that was like over a period of three weeks. But again, I wasn't thinking like, he hasn't said we're exclusive. I haven't said I'm exclusive with him. So you assume that you're both still open to other possibilities. We kind of just slowly kept dating and kind of just slowly fell in love with each other, I guess, is kind of how I would put it. It wasn't this instant firecrackers thing that we all see in the movies, but it was just more of a slow burn, which as I said, like, what's wrong with the sexy slow burn? Like we all put so much emphasis on this like instant fireworks. And if it's not instant fireworks, well, then it's not meant to be. Like maybe we want to do things differently. To kind of go a little bit more into this story after we had been dating for a while. And then actually when COVID hit last March, we'd been together for one year. Another interesting thing about our connection is what had really bonded us together was our love of travel. We both really, really loved to travel. In 2019, we actually went to Buenos Aires and Santiago, Chile together for three weeks. I'm so glad that we did that after, you know, the lockdown with everything, but it's something that we've talked about for our retirement and our real love and thing that we love to do together. So it's been this big irony that in March of 2020, then we had to cancel. We already had several travel plans for 2020. Of course, that was all canceled. But even though that was like what had brought us together and what had bonded us, then being thrown into this situation where we could do no travel at all, instead of that causing friction or boredom or disinterest, what was left was our love for each other. It wasn't just about the traveling. Gosh, traveling to the grocery store is now like the most exciting thing that goes on. And yet the love remains. I guess that's how I'd wrap up our love story to now. And now, as I said, we are both selling our homes that we live in separately and looking to buy a home together. So we're going to start and then we're going to get married this year. But of course, with COVID and everything, we don't know exactly when that's going to happen. Everything's up in the air for everyone. That's our story. It was certainly um, a great story, and I'm with you on the slow burn. I don't like to be rushed, and I don't feel like from lust an enduring, sustainable relationship can happen. So I totally agree with you. And, And I also think that great tip you had about dating around, I think Dr. Gray, John Gray of Mars and Venus fame, one of his strategies to women is date around, because until he says, you're mine, 
He does not consider mm-hmm. you mine and you need to date around to remain kind of attractive, but like Kate yes. mentioned the Prince William. <laughs> it's also good practice. You know, it's good to talk to other people and dating around is a smart way to go. And it's not a culturally or naturally thing for women, I don't think. I also hesitate, but I really like people. I think when I get online dating, I'll definitely have to do the dating around. But I like the way that you were talking once a week. I have a very fulfilled, robust life. For me, an attractive man would be someone who has a fulfilled, vibrant life. So we come together and we share the the joys and the lemons. You know what I mean? I don't want my life halting and I'm also... I don't think it will bring my best me if I change my life to fit him or him to me to fit me. I love the fact that you built the relationship in such a lovely way of connecting up and having quality time rather than quantity time. Those were really great tips. And of course, you found your common blocks with the traveling and now the housing. Are you in the same state or city as you? Um, yes, we are. Yes, we are in the same city. And this is another positive about online dating. He actually lives only 15 minutes away. I live in Seattle, a metropolitan city. And online dating is not going to necessarily set you up with your perfect match, right? But what it does do is introduce you to men who are in your area, but that you wouldn't have met otherwise. Like he only lives 15 minutes away. But when we really compare our lives Sure, we've been sometimes to the same places, but really not in our regular life. Like you said, both of us had very full lives. Our paths probably never would have crossed. And that's just part of modern life and living in a metropolitan area. So online dating doesn't provide you with any guarantees. And it definitely gives you the opportunity for lots of interesting stories. But it gives you the opportunity to meet men who you otherwise would never run into. Absolutely. And I think that's a really good point to bring up and the chance to enjoy the humanness of other people as well and to reconnect and still recall how to have conversations rather than these (laughs) texts and emoticons. So why look for a man when you're over 40? Lots of people feel like you're done and dusted. Why? Well, I think that's a really, really important question for you to explore in you. And this is why for my clients, I always emphasize like, I'm here to help you find a new relationship and yourself along the way, because it really is about finding you. In finding you, you find what you want, you find what you like, you find all about you. Basically, I think it's a really important exercise to ask yourself, why do you want a partner? I, for example, I firmly believe that we are meant as human beings, as we kind of have all discovered in COVID, we're we're meant to have contact with other people. We're meant to be in tribe. And I believe that also includes that one person that you have the most contact with. It's a person to share in so many things in your life and also to help you grow. That person who's with you every day, that person who knows you at the depth of everything, it's not always fun to be growing and learning about yourself, but that's the beautiful opportunity that a partner has. Here's the reason why you need to know why you're looking for someone also. And I believe in really having a lot of different reasons why. I mentioned the sharing things and the growth, but there's also just little things like, I just want somebody to like help me bring in the groceries. These might be just like small things, but just to feel like a team, to just feel like I'm not doing it alone. 
So I had a lot of really, really deep reasons why, and some, like I said, were smaller reasons why, but you need to have these because dating in general and online dating involves a lot of crazy experiences. And some of them are not fun. It might be a little bit of rejection. It might be disappointment. It might be frustration. When you have the strong why, just like in business or in other areas of your life, that's what gets you to dust yourself off and keep going because your why is bigger than that little rejection or that disappointment and you can move beyond it. Great point. I totally agree with you. Having been very successful, lived a very passionate and vibrant life, my why was something I had to really be thinking about. And I've been divorced for over four years. My why actually came down that being a woman of a certain age who enjoys relationship and spent more of my life married than single, I really miss being in my feminine. And Mm. a significant partner gives me an opportunity to do that and having been widowed and divorced having had a really good relationship and struggled through the challenges of a not so healthy relationship I now am very clear that it needs to be a man where I can step into my feminine I don't want to be wearing the pants and driving the path so for me I've moved past looking for a romantic partner and now I'm I'm moving towards because I'm getting clarity a spiritual partner so a spiritual partner can include romance but it's about bringing Mm -hmm. well-being it's about bringing joy and about evolving into the best of ourselves in this lifetime as opposed to being at our worst I really have been through the ups and downs And I'm very loyal, but I have now come to a point at this stage of life. This needs to be as someone who person and people in my life need to be joy bringers. They need to be soul seekers, people who are evolving, not into the drama and chaos, but into, well, you know, evolving into well-being and joy and the best they can be. I want more laughter and less lamenting, (laughs) but. The femininity was the big part. I think when you're really successful in your life and your career, we can do it all as women. We have it all as women now. When I actually looked at why would I want to engage in a relationship with its ups and downs, I thought, wow, this is an opportunity to step into my femininity with a man who wants to be a man, who wants to turn up as a man in his best self, as opposed to someone who's not. In New Zealand, these older ladies I used to play mahjong with, whenever they'd hear about dating or somebody getting a new partner, they'll be like, is he looking for a nurse in a purse? (laughs) Yes. I mean, those two words, nurse and purse. Hey, mate, have health insurance. So if you have a health event, I don't become (laughs) your nurse. And hello. Have you funded for the quality of life you would like to have if you have challenges or need further support? I'm all in, but I'm Mm -hmm. not your nurse in your purse. (laughs) But also at this stage of my life, I'm like, I've spent so much of my life being in service and contributing. Mm -hmm. It now needs to be a spiritual partnership where I can involve and joy and partnership, not taking charge and helping, (laughs) over-helping, over-responsible. Absolutely. I love how clear you are on what you want. The really cool thing about that, like if you were a client that I was working with, you can start with 
looking for that certain type of man that you're very clear on that you want right from the very beginning. Like if you're wanting to lean back into your femininity and you're wanting someone who's more masculine, you can see that right from the first messages that he'll send you right from your first coffee date. And there's different things that you can do right from the beginning. That's again, another reason to do that slowing down because I really believe like how you start off your relationship, often that is like how it will continue. Those of us who've been through divorce and who've been through these other things, like it's really hard to fix once things have kind of gone south. That's why I really believe we all should be working with a professional. This is like one of, if not the most important decision of your life. And yet we're kind of going into it willy nilly, wanting it to happen on accident and in one day, instead of really thinking through what we want, instead of really going through the process of, wait a minute, is that a red flag? How do I feel about this? How do I feel about that? And just slowing the whole process down. So another reason why knowing your why or your whys really just helps you determine that whole path to a positive relationship, not like just any relationship. That's the thing about us being in midlife. We're not just looking for just old anybody. This isn't about settling here because we don't need a man. It's that we want one. And I believe there's a lot of freedom in that. And uh, again, just slow down, (laughs) slow down and get what you want. Uh, Great words of wisdom there. For me, I would appreciate a man. (laughs) I would appreciate a man who shows up as a man and knows how to be one. I think you also made some really valid points. Because I've had certain standing in my communities and my careers, unlike most women, I'm not going to go in and share all my history and everything. And if women slowed down and listened, men Mm. don't ask you. So if you actually ask an open-ended question, he'll tell you what he wants you to know and you can make Mm -hmm. a decision. But if you're so busy telling them how many kids Mm. you got, how many you want, whether you want to be married, how terrible the last two, three relationships were, all your woes, you're just, it's a therapy chat. It is not (laughs) an invitation to partnership. It's a dumping ground. I've noticed that some men do that as well. Like bring your best self to serve your best future. I agree with you. People certainly need training around conversations (laughs) to have and not have. But as a professional woman, I couldn't go around discussing all my household problems and my teenagers. You know, that actually would impact my credibility as a professional. Worse though, because I'm a woman. If a man's sitting there talking about a teenager, it's a hoot. But if you are, it's a designation on how well you're doing. So we touched on the masculine energy to support the feminine, mm-hmm. which is definitely yeah. a driver for me. Mm. I saw you did a recent blog around sex and midlife. What are you going to add to the conversation around that? <laughs> oh boy, how uh, X-rated do we want to get here? I think it all goes back, all of these things, it all goes back to you and what you want. Okay. And I think that as we get older too, we've realized, you know, we only really do have one life to live. And as far as our sexuality goes, if there's something specific that we want, if we don't speak up, it doesn't happen automatically. We've got to be able to speak up. We've got to be able to communicate this. And that goes with sex as it does with any other aspect of our lives is we've got to just have the courage to, first of all, and this is actually the really important thing for us as women, 
to know what we want because there's too many of us who really, we kind of either lost what we wanted or we just haven't studied it. You have to just repeatedly ask yourself the question, what do you want? We tend to know what we don't want, but we don't tend to focus enough on what we want. So in the bedroom, just like anywhere else, it's like, what do you want? That's not just a question you just ask for one moment. And most of us would be like, oh, I don't know. That's honestly how most of us are going to answer or we can list some things that we don't want. But it has to be like a continual journey to you. And that's why the work that I do is so much. It supposedly starts with trying to find this relationship, trying to find a man, but it's really this continued journey to you. And a lot of that is continuing to ask, what do I want? And then, of course, the next step is to actually communicate that. Brilliant. You've got so much wisdom in that. I was reading some books in 2019 because I was thinking about online dating. So it's been a bit of a long process. And one of the books around why relationships fail is because women are bored. Men settle in, no longer romance you. And one of the books, I have to think about what it was called. I'll have to find it for the resources. But basically, one of the tips for men was women get bored. So this is why dating is so important. This is why some role-playing can be very important, just to name two ideas that I recall from the book. But if you've been married before, most women know not long after the gold ring goes on, he relaxes into his man cave, his sports, his (laughs) friends. Doing nothing is a job at times for him. It's very important. As Dr. <laughs> yeah. says, it rebuilds his testosterone. So it's very yes. important. You know, us women can't understand that. But anyway, but that was a big part of reasons why relationships will dissolve. Where women will stray is because men get too boring and too settled. Is <laughs> quite interesting. Great. So let's go to your online dating stories. The good, okay. the bad, the weird, the crazy. I'd love for you to share. Okay. Some experience. All right. Well, of course, the good is that I'm now engaged. That would be the ultimate good. So I'll tell one of the bad stories. And this is, again, we talked earlier about having a why, a reason why. So this story will kind of get to like when something like this happens, you need to have your reason why. So I call this Situation 7-Eleven. Now, since you have a global audience, I don't know if everybody knows what 7-Eleven is, but it's basically like a convenience store, just a little store to get candy and juice and whatever at the corner. So I was still living at my home that I, my married home, I had just gotten online and I went to the 7-Eleven to get something. And the man who was behind the counter kind of looked at me and he was like, oh, I saw you on match, didn't I? And I was just horrified. I mean, first of all, that it's somebody who works in 7-Eleven, but even beyond that, like being approached like that. So I had never thought that someone I knew or someone who knew me out in the real world, not that I really knew him, but I kind of knew him by face, but somebody that knew me out in the real world would see me online and then see that. I felt like so disgusted and so violated. And I thought it was completely inappropriate. I didn't like how he just kind of like, that's none of your business. And what are you even saying this to me for? So I left the 7-Eleven and was kind of I don't know, humiliated slash didn't feel safe. I mean, this is like right by my house, right? So I felt very uncomfortable. And it gets a little bit worse because about a week later, my ex texted me and said, oh, so-and-so from the 7-Eleven, like asked me permission to court you. 
I was just violated, pissed. I felt unsafe again. I'm just like, what right do they have to be discussing me? And it was horrible. It was awful. So I could have gone into the depths of despair and like, oh my God, I just want to hide and other people are going to see this too. You never know who can see that you're online. I could have gone into that whole big spiral, but because I had my reason why, I knew like down to the core of my being that I wanted a life partner. And I wanted that so bad. And I had that why. So quickly, my attitude kind of changed to like, I'm not going to let those dinglings mess up my plan. Like, who cares? They can do whatever they want. I'm not going to say anything about it to my ex. I didn't even respond. You know, I'm not going to, I actually, I didn't go to the 7-Eleven again for about six months. So it obviously did still bother me, but I wasn't going to let it stop me. That's my little bad story. And also explains why you need a reason why, because weird stuff happens in online dating. It does. Wow, that is a story of warnings on many levels. Thank you for sharing that because I live in a very small community and that has been one of my sort of issues I've been wrestling with, the fact that I put myself out there and yeah. (laughs) But thank you. You've got to have that reason why. (laughs) Those feelings, you know, someone said to me the other day, oh, you should do online dating. People don't feel the way they used to feel about it, but do they? Do they not? Or when it serves them to, they'll use it. Like, oh, you're online, like desperate Debbie here or what? (laughs) I love you coming back to your why. That's just so important. Wow. What else? (laughs) You want to hear it? Okay. I'll I'll tell you another fun story. This This one's a fun story. This one I call the baseball date. This one, the moral, I guess, behind the story is just to enjoy the process and enjoy the adventure and just enjoy actually dating and meeting people. So this guy, this was, um, we'd gone on on one date, what I call the coffee date, the meet and greet. And then we decided to go on another date. And he, I guess, being that masculine energy man, came up with this really creative idea to invite me to play, uh, I guess it was softball, co-ed softball on a, uh, you know, a not serious league or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I'm 48. Like I'm generally did consider myself to be athletic, whether I still am now, hadn't played baseball or softball in at least 10 years. But I was like, I'm in this for the adventure. I'm going to do this. Yeah. So I even went out and like practiced. I practiced playing catch with my dad. He's probably, yeah, it was probably like 75 at the time. I practiced uh, hitting the ball and everything. So I was like, okay, this, because he, he didn't expect me to be good at it, but you know, I wanted to like, you know, not embarrass myself. And so here's where the funny part of the story comes in. So we get on the date, we go to play and I'm like really nervous for playing. Plus I don't know this guy and I don't know any of the people on the team, nothing. I go up to bat and the ground below my feet was like really, really dusty and just kind of like unstable. So I swung, I hit the ball, Woo! points for Jerrica. That was really exciting. The fact that I even hit it and I hit it kind of right to first base, which is not great. But then I I went to charge off of the base to start running to first. And because the ground was kind of unstable, I did like a superhero straight out like plunge right face down into the dirt, literally right in front of the dugout where he and my entire team were all sitting and watching. And I was just like getting up literally like mouthful of dirt. Plus I'm 48. I mean, this hurt. <laughs> like I'm like Ugh, acting like it's all good. You know, it's all cool. And we, there were some more adventures too later that happened where I was in the outfield. I think that was the next inning and the ball, I was in the position that is the least likely to have to do anything. 
because they don't know me. So right, they put me out in their outfield. But right away, the very first hit is a fly ball directly to me, directly. Like I didn't have to run or anything. So I put my hand out and I caught it. Again, yay, points for Jerrica. But because I was so out of practice, I caught it with my non-glove hand. I caught it like in my right hand. You're supposed to catch it in your left hand where the glove is. And that hurt like a beepity beep. <laughs> Probably can't swear on here. It hurt so bad. But I caught the ball. So everybody was cheering and everything. My and Again, I was just like limping back to the dugout. And everybody's like, yay, Jerrica. I was like, like I had a bruise on my palm from that experience. The date ended up going great and was really fun, even though it was also really embarrassing. But um, I guess, like I said, my moral there is to like grab the adventure of it. It's about getting out of your comfort zone, kind of like squeezing all the juice out of life. And again, in midlife, like we're looking for a little adventure, a little fun. And part of one of one of the things, maybe it was one of my whys, one of the things that was going through my head always when I was dating is like being after divorce was like, hey, I'm not dead yet. I'm not dead. Like I'm still here. I'm here to like grab on to life and squeeze all the juice from it and do the crazy stuff and embarrass myself, whatever. I'm here to live life. That's my, my crazy fun story. And you were showing up. So you got a chance to see whether he'd provide security and, and how he would react, mean mm-hmm. or caring, you know? Yes. <laughs> Best to find out early. And uh, being a super klutz myself, I'd rather get seen raw and green rather than it's after the fact. And they're like, what happened to you? (laughs) You know, what you see is what you get. Oh, my gosh. That is so funny. Wow. (laughs) a good story. I loved your YouTube on how to have a virtual date. What stands out for you that you would do different from a regular date and a virtual date? What's a tip for that? We've all had so much practice with that this year. And it's very much about like, how do you figure out the things that you can do? So from very small things, like how your camera is angled and things and like, you know, don't have like trash or weird stuff in the background or questionable pictures or whatever, and having a good camera angle, not looking at your non-attractive angle or whatever. So you start with stuff like that. Some of the things that are really fun is you can pick, you can find a couple things around the house that are like personal items to you that you can kind of talk about that can be kind of launch off point to get to know each other. And of course, this is something that you would want to share with him. So he could pick an item, you could pick an item, you could talk about why it's interesting for you. And then the other thing that I talk about in that video that I think would be really fun. And again, you would want to arrange this with the person ahead of time is to actually do a dinner date or um, hors d'oeuvres or whatever. So to actually set up this, I would recommend this more for like a third date or a fourth date or whatever, when you're a little farther along, or I don't know, maybe a second date, but just depending. A coffee date, you usually want to keep it pretty short, like just 10 minutes. If you want to do something more elaborate, actually plan, tell each other, you know, like, let's plan like a drink and hors d'oeuvre, a dinner, and then a dessert so that you're kind of actually going through and doing some of those real things that you would be doing on a, on a date. And then of course, to get into your feminine, as you were talking about before, you could like describe the different foods and how they taste or how they feel in your mouth. That can even get like a little bit flirty, a little bit sexy. You could do that and not show what the food is, but just taste it. And then, and then maybe he could guess and then you could do the same and just to get playful with it and to have fun with it and try to loosen up and use the things that you can do. 
in a virtual setting. Oh, I love your creativity around that. What a good idea. You actually raised two things for me. Manners make of the man. I was very strict mother with my sons in terms of them knowing how to eat at a table and Mm. how to talk. I don't know if they're continuing that, but there's nothing worse than a man who wants to talk with his mouth full of food. Other funny thing, which I quite like about your virtual date is I just really respect a man who has a pair of shiny, smart dress shoes. And everyone is in sneakers and, you know, flip-flops and things like that. So that might be a good one. Two points you can easily get or get discounted for. (laughs) I really respect a man who can dress to impress and have shiny, clean shoes. Mind you, I had a coffee with a colleague recently. He was talking, he's single, and he was talking about how he really likes a woman who wears a dress and a blazer and heels and I was there in jeans (laughs) I was not no I was smart casual but I was thinking you go wear the flipping dress and shoes and see how long you last (laughs) now I do like to wear dresses and I do like to wear heels I can see I could get a bit bit of pushback on my cleaned polished shoes and that and how I felt about his talking about a woman wearing a dress and heels (laughs) But when you have a car and walk a few blocks, those heels are usually hurry up and sit down heels, right? Absolutely. So where do you see us going in 2021 with dating? I think the lid's going to blow off uh, at some point. There's going to be a big explosion because we've all been contained. We've all been holding back. Some people are out there dating. And I would say this is actually, there's some really positive things about COVID and the pandemic because it tends to slow people down. And I already talked a bunch about the huge importance of that. I wouldn't necessarily stop because of it, but take all the precautions, use video dates, you know, use your head, think about what you want. That's what everything always comes back to. But in 2021, I don't know when this is going to be. I don't know if it'll be April, if if it'll be September, whatever. At some point, hopefully we will all be able to get out more back in the world the way we did before COVID, the BC. <laughs> I think it probably will explode in a little bit of an awkward way <laughs> because I don't know about you and but just even apart from dating, just socializing and talking to people and being around other people, I think we're all kind of desperate for it and at the same time we're all going to be a little awkward, a little uncomfortable, a little stumbling and it's going to be an interesting explosion I think of social interactions of all kinds. So I'm I'm really excited for that. Yeah, Great. really good point. My 2020 and early 2021 are around people who are COVID careful. So I mm-hmm. tend to do my in-person socializing a maximum of once to twice a week, which is yeah. very limited. But of course, if mm-hmm. I don't know people, I don't know if they're COVID careful. So I mm-hmm. would imagine it's going to be a slow adjustment. And I'm an in-person person. Yeah. Like I'm not crazy about yeah. screens. I appreciate the godlike technology and use it on a needs basis, right? Yes. Well, so any last thoughts or tips, Jerrica? You've just been amazing. I'm just going to repeat, it's all about you. So be asking, what do you want? So if you start off by, oh, what do men want? And what do they need? And what now? Bring it back to yourself. When in doubt, always bring it back to yourself. What do you want? Whether it's in the moment, in the bigger picture, whatever, bringing it back to you will always bring you back to the place that you want to be where I would leave it. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, strength, hope, fabulous (laughs) tips and glorious stories. You really (laughs) rock the space, Jerrica. Thank you. 
Oh, you're welcome, Michelle. This has been so much fun. I always love to talk about dating and online dating. As a steward of meaningful leadership in the world and wider cosmos, I have a passion for service through sharing wisdom, strength, and hope. Thank you for the opportunity to foster open conversation, discussions, and an exchange of ideas that create understanding and connection among diverse groups. Your support is valued. Please subscribe, leave a review, and a rating. More importantly, share with your connections. Thank you.